What's up, and welcome to the Crude Oil Podcast, a weekly uncensored Edmonton Oilers podcast with your hosts, Sean and Greg. All right, welcome back. That was a loud right off the hop, eh? <laughs> Holy Christ. Just for reference, you just said, I better make sure I don't talk too loud into the mic this time so just I don't clip it. screaming into it to start things off. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Crude Oil Podcast. I'd give a number, but I fucked it up last time. Did you know that? No, I wasn't even paying attention. I'm guessing we're on 17 now? That's bingo, I think. So, happy episode 17, we'll call it. Yeah. (laughs) Insert blank number here. Oh, I was going to play some uh, breaking news sound because we do have some programming updates. Oh, yes, yes, we do. Yes, we uh, life got in the way as as it does. So we just finally made the decision, especially with like Thanksgiving. I that was a good point by you. Um, we're gonna do recordings on Mondays, and then releasing early Tuesday mornings. I guess I think that's... set it to release at midnight, so you get a notification before you get up in the morning. So if you want to download it before you're driving to wherever you're going, you can. Yeah, and then that way you you don't have to fight between us and you know two bears one cave. Or in whatever your, exactly. your your taste of choice. The number one competition we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we align. Um, yeah, lots to talk about this week, though. Lots. Of, it feels like we talked like yesterday, but I feel like there's just so much more to to talk about. So I have to ask you an honest question up front. Mm-hmm. Out of the four games last week, how many did you watch? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah, and a, like a little bit of another one where yeah. I was kind of in and out, distracted doing something, but kind of watching. But okay. to be fair, the reason that's difficult is because it's not on TV. Let's fucking get into that. That it's it's on our list. Let let's dive right in. Like we're we're in 2022. What the fuck is going on? Well, I think the problem is they nobody wanted to pay, I guess, for the preseason rights for the Oilers games. And if I'm being honest, I'm sure they don't draw as much of viewership, so ads aren't that I don't know, they don't bring in as much money, so yeah. it's just not as important. But it's very annoying to see Winnipeg have all their games televised, uh, Vancouver have all their games televised. I feel like that's like the third crack in Canucks game that's been on TV last Oh yeah, night. they've all been. So like Sportsnet has all of Vancouver's rights, and TSN has all of Winnipeg's rights, and for some reason nobody has the Oilers' rights for the preseason. Dumb. Just but, dumb marketing. Yeah. There was a few times where I actually tuned out in like the first period, for example, because it would be like Cam Moon and Bob Stoffer. Yeah. But the mics that they had were just like, <sighs> I don't even know. They were it, like blowing my speakers, especially in that first game. Oh my God. You know the guy with the mic. I think I talked yeah. about him in the last one. Yeah. But, but like, it, it's even just dumb, like with the, the YouTube links or whatever you can find. It, you're watching shitty streamed stuff anyways like it it's fucking terrible but yeah to add a shitty quality like regular feed to trying to say stream it for example and it being even worse quality there then it just turns into like you're watching pixels move around on the ice and you can't even tell what's happening but to be fair i think it was more the audio was the issue Mm -hmm. for everything for me anyways and the ease of trying to get it yeah that was my thing the other thing too is like some of those games are just such duds to sit through like i when we have like a nothing roster playing against a full NHL roster yeah. against um it was Seattle's we were supposed to watch Calgary's. that game together and we're like yeah nah. yeah let's go to bed instead yeah so I guess with that being said uh do we like I know we spent like 15 minutes on the one game because we hadn't seen hockey in three months like I I glassed over a bunch of those games last week 
Like, I don't know if it's worth going into too much in depth the game itself, but more so the players because I think yeah. Like, well, as you saw, I have a list of all the players who got cut, and yeah, it's in somewhat order. So we can talk a, about each one, and if don't have anything to say, you don't have anything to say. So like, yeah, a couple of them got cut pretty early, so I don't have too much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can start by going through that list. and Yeah, let's dive right in. All right. Well, it starts with uh, our boy Maximus Wanner. Uh, New contract. Yes. New contract. He did sign his entry-level contract, which was awesome. Good for him. And he got sent back down to the CHL, I believe, um, which was expected. And he didn't stand out. He didn't look bad, but I never really noticed him, which to be fair, I've said before, not bad for a defenseman, but he wasn't making the team. So that was a very reasonable send down. Um, and that goes the same for the next two, which was uh, Jake Chason. I almost said Alex. Oh, and Reed Schaefer. Not again. <laughs> And yeah. Reed Schaefer. So Jake Chason, I think, had a few good shifts. Oh, yep. sorry. Did you want to add anything about Wanner? No, I didn't. Really, I, he just played, like, the one game, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah. he played two, but he didn't really get into much. Yeah, not not a lot to feed off there. <laughs> yeah, and Jake Chason, once again, he had a couple good shifts where I noticed him. I think he played with Camp quite a bit, or not. It was Philp. Philp, that's oh, the one. Oh, no, Philp. I get Philip Kemp and uh, Noah Philp oh, mess yes. with my head. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but he had a few shifts, and they were very good together, and they played pretty well. So I was not surprised, once again, because he's CHL eligible, so not surprised to see him go down. Had yeah. no chance of probably making the team. Yeah, yeah. Anything else to add there? Nothing there. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to take the next, next Yeah, one no, more? I was just uh, I was looking at the next guy on the list. You had Petrov. Um, oh, we never first... talked about Schaefer. Oh, Schaefer, that's right. I mean, he wasn't going to make the team. Yeah. Schaefer was one that I did notice and pay more attention to. He's going to... And he, he's huge. He just yeah. needs to fill out, I think. Yeah, he's got that kind of like Bambi stage right now where yeah. you got to... He's going to grow into a decent player. Like, I think yeah. he's got that big power forward kind of uh, knee that the Oilers will probably have to have in a few years. He certainly got the frame for it. It reminds yeah. me of like Pugliarvi where he has the size and the frame. Yeah. It's just a matter of if he can learn how to use the body properly yeah which i would hope that you can figure that out yeah um yeah just i was just gonna touch on petrov because i saw his first game back in the ohl he put up three points so lighting um, it up already yeah yeah that's a good sign um i like petrov a lot i think he he's gonna come in and be a very important player for this team honestly i thought he was gonna get more of a look i think he played one game yeah, I remember I never saw him until I think it was like the third game. Yeah. He played that game, and then they sent him down. That was the Calgary game, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So it didn't even give him much of a chance against fucking that Calgary flames. roster. Jesus Christ. Just the whole fucking lineup. Oh, yeah. That was like the bottom-of-the-barrel players against the NHL yeah. players. Like, I don't know what Vancouver's roster looks like tonight, right? for example, but like that was the Oilers' last game. It was essentially Huberto versus the entire Oilers roster. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tulio sent down. Fanti, uh, that kind of, well, I guess the, there's rookies. I was trying to look through all the different names here. Kemp, um, Borgo, Kesselring, Philp, Espositos, Peters all sent down today. I think most of those today, right? Uh, I think it was yesterday, but yeah, yeah they most of them got sent down. I'd say of those players, the ones that I was most impressed with was Kesselring. Yeah. I thought he played Pretty really sound, well hey? in his games. Um, it's nice to see some potential right-handed defenseman depth forming there mm-hmm. um he might be i would think depending on what we do with the mirrors if we don't sign him 
He's probably the second call up on the right side behind DeHarnay, assuming DeHarnay is healthy. Right. Um, and then otherwise, Esposito, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Considering he was he's on an AHL only contract, I believe. Like I was amazed by what he was able to bring. He was fast as hell and hustled every shift he was out there. I was mm-hmm. super impressed with him. Yeah, it was uh, um, definitely a bright light um, uh, on my on my side too. Uh, I was I was happy with Burgo. Like he's got, he's got a lot of flash. Yeah, he's he's flashy. He's small. He's really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needs to, I guess, calm down maybe a little bit. Right. Sometimes when he had the puck, it looked like he was kind of like I'm not saying shades of Yakupov because that's rude to say to somebody. Yeah. But like he looked a little <laughs> panicky sometimes, which is like that's what they say is when you make it to the the NHL, you have so much less time with the puck. Yeah. And I think he needs to just like slow it down a little bit in his head and realize that he just needs to make the save play and not try to like make the best play possible. Well, so thinking ahead, cause I think like Borgo is still two, three years away. Yeah, maybe, I would say so. Maybe. Um, but like, where do you slot these players in when they come? Like even right now to put Holloway into the lineup and I'm not saying that should be a reason you keep him out, but the Oilers top nine is basically set. That includes Fogel, right, if you're saying that? I guess, yeah. So I think that's really... We'll get into, like, how the Mm -hmm. roster should look, but... Yeah, like, I think it's going to be important going forward to look at Edmonton's contract situation. Right. Where you have, like, Nuge signed to this five-year deal or whatever. I can't even remember how many years at this point. Hyman's deal, Kane's deal. Like, all these wingers have these long contracts. It makes me think that eventually somebody's going to have to go. Yeah. I don't know who and I don't know when, but that's the only way you're going to be able to fill out the roster with some of these cheaper players like Borgo, Savoy, Lavoie. Um, like those are the primary players that I would think would be able to play in the roster in the top nine at least. Yeah, yeah. And we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit. I do have the, the contract situation up here, but um, yeah, we'll just finish up with the rest of this list with the, the ones that were sent down. Kind of a shocker. Like, I expected Griffith to go down Kemp, Rodrigue, obviously. Um, but Greg McKay getting sent down it feels early for him. Well, I think the important part is, I like, he's was never going to be the 13th forward. Right. I think he was more like a 14th, 15th, even 16th kind of forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why he signed a two-way contract in the first place. Right. So I think they're sending him down just maybe try to sneak him in through waivers right now as well. I'm more surprised that they sent him down this early because of the veteran requirement for Mm -hmm. um, the roster. But how many games do we have left? Three? I think we're going to have pretty well a full roster for all those games. Maybe you'll see McDavid and Dreisaitl and company sit one more of these games. But So the other thing that I actually found out this week too is it veterans apply to a certain amount of games, but Mm -hmm. any first round draft pick also counts as that. Uh, towards that veteran total so like dylan holloway yeah um, broberg yeah broberg that counts towards your your uh, interesting minimum. i didn't know first round draft pick also yeah counted towards yeah it. that's kind of cool so um sucks for teams like florida who have no first round draft picks <laughs> no kidding did we did we hit everybody on that list i think so um i think so i'm no interested to see when there was nothing really shocking i don't know if we mentioned alex peters because i think we stopped at esposito right but um none of nothing was really shocking all those players are going to be key contributors to bakersfield this year 
I don't think anybody who's been sent down is truly a surprise besides, like you mentioned, McKegg, just because he has the chance to be like a fourth line player. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, the players that are left, I think, have all pretty much shown that they are above McKegg and have the chance to crack the roster. And I say that with an asterisk because there is one player there that I think does not belong. I, I think, think we, we all, all know who, who that player yeah. is. <laughs> so like. um, getting into that, though. So now that we've talked about all the players that have been cut, I we can so. talk about the actual final roster and what we're thinking it's going to be at this point. Sure. Yeah. What soup's left in the pot here? Yeah. So essentially in the top, what, in the top nine, yeah. there's only one open position, and it's essentially – one of the left wing positions, probably second or third line. That's including ever. Holloway in that. In uh, that, I would say your top eight is, of nine. He's not in that nine. You don't think so? Well, I'm oh, saying not oh, yet. Okay. It's not okay. like in stone yet. Gotcha. So, the top players are Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto. Um, let's just say Nuge, Drysaddle, Hyman, yeah. and then we have the open spot. We have McLeod, and we have Pulleyarvi. Right. So that leaves that spot to either going to Fogel or to uh, Holloway. See, I fucked up. I was looking at the lines for tonight, and I forgot Pugliarvi's not playing tonight. So I was yeah. like, where do you get? Ah, That's where the big one's coming yes. from. Okay. So I think it depends. It's going to be the Fogel-Holloway battle for the next probably three preseason games, watching oh, to see fuck. which one of them stands out the most. Yeah. Um, because I think Fogel would go well on the fourth line. But with that being said, we now Tyler Benson. To me, has been the biggest surprise of camp. He's been outstanding. Hey? I've loved everything he's brought. He he's doing exactly what he needs to do to change his game to fit in the bottom six. Well, that's the thing. Like he's he's always been a really smart hockey player, and he's always had like good aspects to his game. And the biggest thing has always just been he's got fucking lead feet. Yeah, and he's figuring it out. So I'm with you. Like, well, and if he plays physical, speed almost feels less important. Mm. Um, then if you're trying to be a skill player, you need to like outskate and outmaneuver people. Um, but if he's playing physical and learns how to use his size, maybe he talked to Archibald a few times to learn how to be a small guy throwing a big body. Yeah. Um, but I think in my opinion, I would lock Benson in the bottom, uh, or the fourth line to hey. me, that's almost a lock at this point in my mind. I don't know if the coaching staff feels that way. And it depends on this focal Holloway thing. Cause I think, in a perfect world, my fourth line would be Benson, Shore, and Fogel. Oh, interesting. That's what I would have. Yeah. Uh, looking at Shore, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not completely sold that uh, Matthias Janmar can't put up another 19-goal season. Well, and that's oh, not... I mean, not on the fourth line, but like... And that's checking out Derek Ryan as well. Yeah. Because I didn't even include him in there. <laughs> yeah. But. So it makes it makes me curious to see who's getting cut. And with that being said, it makes me all but guaranteed have the feeling that Vertanen is going to play like this game and then he's going to be cut. Like, that, I know Woodcroft's comments today. That That's coaches speak for... Well, exactly. Like, he's never like, going to sell He had a player. good camp. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's not selling me on anything. And he's not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, he played like shit. Exactly. It's like, he's going to pump his tires. He's a good coach. He knows how to talk up his players and everything like that. You've heard him in interviews all last season when he was coaching. Like, he never really tears his players down in any way. No. But I have a feeling... It still makes every like all the questions and stuff I've seen out there is why is Vertanen still here? Yeah, that's the biggest question of camp. Yeah, there's your storyline yeah. stuff. Well, like, and I, I know we said we got to give Vertanen a chance. Yeah, 
but he's done nothing to prove that he earns a contract over somebody who already has one on this roster. Mm-hmm. So it makes no sense as to why we would sign him. The only reason I think he is here is so we can sit more people, say, next game, and then ice our final lineup at the last preseason game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I see Vertanen going. Um, if we're looking at the bottom six, I'm going to factor Holloway on that third line. Um, and then I'm with you. I think Fogel makes a good fourth line player if he can slot in with Benson. It's just who do you who do you throw in to compliment? And I think there's a real opportunity for the Oilers to consider what kind of fourth line you want. They're not going to have a big bruising fourth line. Yeah. But you throw Benson, Fogel... Maybe Yanmark, like Yanmark, I don't know. I think Yanmark's probably going to be the 13th forward, yeah. I would think. I think the big battle, really, at this point, is between Shore and Ryan. Yeah. And I, it kind of makes without, things awkward. I can do without Devin Shore. I don't know. I like Devin Shore. Honestly, I yeah. really like him and what he brings to the team. I think yeah. he's, like, when he's out there, he tries. Yeah. Unlike some people. <laughs> so, like... And he, he can fly, he can hit. He's very, very, very versatile. And I'm a little bit still not sold on how small Derek Ryan is in the bottom. Well, he's, what, 36 six. now, too? Yeah. Like, So here's my kind of wild card. Brad Malone. Talk I about think, versatility. I think Brad Malone is going to be one of the first call-ups. Yeah, yeah. But, like, especially at center, I just don't think he's going to make the roster because he's probably one of the safer players to send down that nobody's going to claim. I think he's... We also have to think about that. If we send down Malone, Yanmark, Ryan, Shore, and Benson, like, those are probably the five guys, one of them will, or multiple of them will get sent down. They all have to go through waivers. Yeah, not only that, and you got to think of, like, the cap compliance that they're going to have to reach, too. Like, Well, exactly. I've heard things about that as well, that if, uh, I think... Whoever has the biggest contract, maybe Yanmark, might have to be yeah. sent down. So in some we degree. might not get a third option on that fourth line. Like, it might be Fogel Benson. It's true. Yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of cap uh, cap wizardry we have to do to fit the full roster we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that, and Hamlin's still here, too. I was, I was going to say, he's actually really impressed me. Yeah. I, I thought he was really... Uh, really good this camp so far from what I've seen. but Yeah, Hamblin's been pretty good. I think he's going to be the top-line center, though, for the Condors this right. year. I right. think, once again, they have him there just still to maybe learn a little bit mm-hmm. and then also to plug in a spot in the roster for when guys aren't playing one of these next few games. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think they're going to play McDavid Dreisaitl for all three of these remaining games. There's this one, and then there's two more after this. Yeah. Eight preseason games is way too much. Fuck. Can we I'm get... losing patience a yeah. little bit. I cannot stand how many fucking games there are. It's just, it's so dumb. Not only that, but like it's right coming off the, the rookie camp too. And it's like, yeah. Jesus. So. I mean, it's probably good for these younger players to like get a long process to show what they can bring. Right. But it feels a little bit ridiculous when some teams have, I think some teams only have like four preseason games. It's Yeah, that's the weird part too. But uh, yeah. Just makes no sense. Uh, jumping to the back end, uh, obviously there's, well, I was going to say five, like, solid um, locks. locks, but I don't know if Barry's a solid lock. I mean, I mean he's a lock for the yeah, opening day lineup. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to be there. Like, you mean he might be traded? Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening. I guess I could see it happening. Yeah. Um, but I still think... 
barring any trades, yeah. he will be there. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying he's a, yeah. not a top six defenseman no, for the Sorry, Oilers, before but. we get into the defense then, I just but. wanted to mention one thing. I know there's all the talk about Pugliarvi and stuff like that. Yeah. But with Fogel playing very well in the preseason and yeah. Holloway playing very well, yeah. does that make Pugliarvi more expendable now? Because well, I previously said I don't want to get rid of him because we have nobody to replace him. Yeah. But if we have a replacement, then I feel less bad about being willing to give him up. <laughs> it's funny because we're jumping all over the place here in terms of what I was going to say to that. I think if you can move Puglia Yarvi, you move him. For what, though? I don't want to give him away for a box of scraps. I'm talking like you package him, a first-round pick, maybe a a Broberg in for Chikrin. I would think I wouldn't want to do the Broberg one, but... No, Broberg. We'll get get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 why I didn't want to jump into it. Yeah, that's something to think about, though. Um, Sorry, continuing on the back end. (laughs) No, no, it's all good. It's, It's a good question. Um, Nurse, CC, Kulak, Bouchard, Barry. There's your five. Um, and then you kind of have the open-ended um, six defensemen like Samarukov, Broberg, Nimalainen, Demers, Murray. Like, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of combos that you can run with. I'm curious if Samarukov's on the opening night lineup. Interesting. Because of the waiver eligibility issue that we were talking about before. Mm, yeah. Or if they try to sneak him under or through. It makes me think they may, maybe they would have already tried Yeah. if they were planning on sending him down. But the fact that he's even playing tonight with Barry, I think this is his like shot to prove like you can be on the opening night roster. Like In terms of waivers, that's a, great for us. So yeah. if you can prove that you deserve to be there, like awesome. So he's going to be, I think, the number one player to watch tonight. I, I would agree. A close with that. second with Holloway to see how he does playing with Dry <laughs> to be fair. But he's yeah. like his I don't want to say his NHL career is on the line, but his like his career with the Oilers, I think, is going to be made or broken with tonight's performance. Wow. No pressure, hey. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong though? Uh, yeah. He plays poorly, he gets sent down, he might get claimed off waivers. I would probably claim him if I was another team. That's that's a solid point. Like I, if I was a Arizona, Detroit, or something like that, who needs some young defensemen. Um, And then with that being said, there's a couple of the other players. What have you thought of Broberg so far? He's been underwhelming. I feel like with the amount of hype, like Broberg's got similar hype to Holloway. Right. Holloway's kind of delivered on that, and Broberg, I feel like, has been a little uninspired compared to some of the hype that he has brought. It's, yeah, it's, I I don't know. I feel bad saying that because I want him to, you know, be the 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 performer that Holloway is right now. Well, like, I want him to be the new Clef bomb. Yeah, well, I think we all do. Like, I don't know. I just, and I know he's young too. Like, I just kind of hope that this is the year that he steps up and and you know cracks the lineup. But I don't know. At, at that point, like I'm right now, I'm more confident going into a season with Nimalainen on the back end. I would say he's my number one pick currently for that position. Yeah. Um, or at least as the seventh defenseman, just because I've been most impressed by his game. Mm-hmm. And I think our back end severely lacks that with guys <laughs> like Kulak and Barry out there who aren't the most physical players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, what did you think of Nurse fighting two guys in the one game? A couple of AHLers just trying to make their This This mark. might be a terrible take, but I think it's fucking horseshit. You have a $9 million player 
fighting in the preseason? Are you fucking kidding me? What it's are essentially we doing? like dry sidle fighting in the preseason. Like, what are we doing? No, that's. I, I think that's. Is that nurse trying to silence some critics about him lacking that physical edge and bite in his game? Yeah. That he's like, oh, I'm still willing to fight. Like, I respect him fighting. Yeah. If he would have fought once, I would have been, like, pretty happy. Mm. Fighting twice is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, it just comes to me that, like, it feels more short-tempered than anything else if you do shit like that. Well, and it's it's fair to say that maybe, like, obviously we're paying him $9 million not to score 80 goals. Like, he's he's meant to do that. But preseason? Why? Yeah. And he's not even fighting, like, if he was, like... Who was it against the Jets? Oh, I have no idea. Well, let, let's just yeah. say they were against the Jets and Blake Wheeler wanted to fight him. Sure. Yeah, that's different fine. story. If you're fighting a guy of equal caliber to a degree, like I'm okay with that. But if you're fighting some AHL scrub who's just looking to make <laughs> his ways, like if I if I knock out Darnell Nurse, I can make this team. Yeah, like I don't know if he owed him something or. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they ran into each other's like, can you let me fight you? Like for old times' sake, we I'll went to school you. together. I'll pay you. Come yeah. On, man. <laughs> So, yeah, I would say Broberg, underwhelming. Sam Rukov has been, once again, underwhelming. He yeah. needs to really prove it tonight. Nima Linen's been a pleasant surprise. Of once course. again, I think everybody just likes his nature of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Murray. Uh, in my eyes, Demers is playing better than Murray, but you have Murray on a contract. I think if they're both on PTOs, Demers would get the contract. Yeah. But the fact that Murray signed, I think, kind of fucks Demers over. I think, yeah. I would not be shocked if Demers is gone in the next two days. I don't think he will be gone, but I could see a contract being signed and him getting sent down. Like Baco? And tr- give it a try anyways. Yeah. I mean... it would be nice to have him down there just be, to help. And it'd be super solid, like, you know, in a pinch some somebody's down for a game. Especially on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. What about Murray? Like Murray, he hasn't been disappointing, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been sensational. And at the same time, that's kind of what I want out of a sixth, seventh defenseman. Yeah. So I think he is an ideal seventh defenseman if they decide they don't want to keep up any of these young guys. Yeah. Or at least if they don't want to keep two of the three young guys. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think Murray would be attempted to be sent down. Or traded for a box of scraps as well. Yeah. Okay. I've been, like, chomping at the bit for this. For the first time in what seems like for fucking ever, I'm excited to talk about our goaltending. I'm not afraid to talk about our goaltending. <laughs> which is a nice feeling. You're still lukewarm to the whole thing? Uh, a little bit. I yeah. just, I haven't, I'm not sold on Campbell yet. Skinner's looked really good. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. But the more Skinner plays well the more I'm afraid of the Campbell contract. Mm. And I don't want I don't want to be afraid. Right. I want Campbell to play extremely well so I can be confident in him. Yeah. I'd rather Campbell be great and Skinner be a little shaky than the other way around. I don't yeah, that's a it's a it's a good point because I mean long term planning, like you want Skinner to be the guy and how do you Well, Skinner's gonna be on an upward trend, theoretically. Right. right. Because he's a young goalie still developing. And Campbell is, I would say, at best, is going to be pretty stagnant in his development. He's about as good as he's going to get, and he's going to go down from here. So that's my only fear. (laughs) With that being said, I am still confident in these two goalies this season. Skinner has made me confident that we'll have a competent backup, and Campbell has looked pretty cool, calm, and collected. Um, When I think it was Nurse had a bad giveaway, 
in the Winnipeg game. I can't remember which game it was now. But rather than seeing Mike Smith turn and start yelling at him, mm. it's just Jack Campbell being cool and be like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. That is, it's it's refreshing for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is a, it's a contract year for, for Skinner too. Like, he's going to get paid. I said it's a dangerous game. I think I said that in the last podcast. <laughs> so you said before, I think you said 20 games for Skinner. Do you still think that's a... It's going to be more than 20. I think I think, so. I think I wanted 30. Yeah. But I think it'll be a little bit lower than that cuz I would like to see 52 and 30 assuming they're both healthy for the whole year. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good split. Um maybe next year transitioning more depending on how Skinner does. Um I don't know how many back-to-back games we have this year, but it's mm-hmm. all but guaranteed that Skinner's going to play half of those games, so Yeah. Um and then that also leaves uh Picard I've heard, like, we're going to send him down. It's just yep. a matter of when. Um, there's been some issues, though, with goalies getting injured all of a sudden. Yeah. So I believe Cam Talbot just went down. Six weeks? Yeah. Like, and then, yeah. I think, was it Arizona who lost one of their goalies? I can't remember who they uh, claimed. It's, yeah, it's but not... anyways, now somebody's looking for a goalie. So now everybody's, like, looking their side eye and be like, I don't want to send my goalie down. I feel like the Oilers for the past, like, few years have lost goaltenders. Like, just from that same... Perspective. Well, we lost Forsberg. Yeah. And that pissed me off. Me too. Because I was yeah. like, at least we have something there, just in case. And then he got claimed. And then we were fucked when somebody got injured. Yeah. That's and bear in mind that's when Skinner got called up and he did pretty decently. Mm-hmm. But like we should have never been in that situation to begin <laughs> with. Because I think we waited until the very last day to send Forsberg down. Um uh... for fear that somebody was gonna claim him. And then of course somebody did. So like would it be better to try and sneak Picard down now? <laughs> well, we still yeah. can. While nobody's looking. Well, right now it's a bad time because yeah. somebody's out there looking for a goalie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I also don't know if I want to ride Campbell and... Well, I guess it's only three games. It's not the end of the world. But Well, it'll probably be Campbell, Skinner, Campbell, I would assume, yeah. these next few games. Just no more fucking split games. I hate those. Well, I think they're done. Skinner yeah. did the full game against yeah. the Jets, so I think they're done with that. Yeah. So that pretty much takes care of everything. The only guy, just shout out to Slater Cuckoo, deciding to take a year off for for himself and Cat. Oh yeah, I forgot about Cuckoo. Yeah, I guess that to a degree, like I hope everything's good with him. It did yeah, us a bit exactly. of a favor of yeah. not having too many of those guys. Yeah. How does yeah. that that is impacts the cap still, right? We don't uh, get any like. Yeah, that's a good question. Benefits from that. Um, to my knowledge, we don't because it's like personal leave being mm-hmm. given. So I don't think it impacts the cap for us in any way. I'm not. I'm not too too sure. Um, yeah. So some news floating around this week. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Obviously, the Oilers are in talks. But uh, um, any takeaways for you? I know I listened to the uh, Ryan Rashog podcast, mm-hmm. um, and he had Darren Drager on. <laughs> He basically brought him on to clarify what he was saying. And all he was basically saying is the Oilers are still in talks. They're not actively shopping anybody. So I don't know if, like, apparently Spectre said that the Oilers offered Pulley Arvine some sort of a package. And as soon as they mentioned Brobrook, they walked away. But uh, with that being said, um, Drager made it sound like they're just, they're keeping in touch. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. In my opinion, we, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. I would do... A first, I would do Samarukov, mm-hmm. and I would do one of Puliarvi and Barry. Yeah, you have to move a contract for sure, hey? 
Guaranteed. Yeah. If not both of those. Yeah. But if you do both of them, I would want something additional in return. Right. Probably uh, a prospect or a pick. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I like Chitrin. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But that kind of... In, unless you are trading Broberg, for yeah. example, it will... It kind of fucks Broberg over because we're bringing in a left defenseman. So what's your unless head? we're getting rid of Barry? There, yeah. Well, I don't know. They've they've played uh, uh, Broberg on the right side before. It's true, but and like I'm a bit of a left right side defenseman purist. To be fair, fair. But it does kind of fuck the, up that left side a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm assuming it would knock Kulak down to the third pair because Chitrin's like a he's a one of the he's a top four defenseman. Yeah. yeah. At at the end of the day. Um, so you wouldn't move Broberg for him? No, I don't think I would. I'm still a bit on the Broberg hype train. I know he hasn't had the best camp ever, Mm. but I'm not ready to give up on him. He's still young. And Ken Holland isn't the type of guy to give up on defensemen this young. I know, I know, but we're in win now mode. Like, well, that's why I'm willing to get rid of some of the more B-level prospects. Like, Samarukov, like, if somebody wanted to be like, okay, bye. Mm. Um, do, you, do you trust, I guess is a good word, Ken Holland to trade for Jacob Chikrin? Probably not. Yeah. Um, he hasn't had the best track record in the bigger trades that yeah. he's made. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not against it. Mm. I'm not necessarily for it because I'm afraid to overpay. Right. And I don't want to fuck us over the other, by overpaying. Well, that that's a good point. The other thing is... I. I hope I'm not going out on a limb here and saying, like, this is a playoff team. Um, That's not a limb. Okay. Yeah. I'm, to me, <laughs> it's, to me, it's weird to say, though. To me, this season is like Western Conference Final or I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but with that being said, do you want to go and blow your load before the season starts and maybe not save a few of those bullets for trade deadline? Like, who's going to come available in the next well, couple of months? And to be fair, you don't want to, like, we're talking about getting rid of Pugliarvi in this situation, right? right? You don't want to finally get rid of that sweet, sweet forward depth that we finally have. <laughs> and, like, the second we have it, we're like, okay, let's get rid of it. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to get rid of it. Yes, I want to improve the defense, and that's probably the best way to do it. But I'd rather give up a first and a prospect who isn't immediately, apparently, going to make the roster. Like, <laughs> I'd be more down for a first in, like, Schaefer or something like that, plus, like, Barry for... Chitrin than to get rid of any of our young guys who are closer to making the team. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see what uh, ends up shaking. Honestly, I don't see. Um, I, I just have a feeling Arizona's going to hold on to him. Yeah. And the price from all intents and purposes is just like extremely high right now. So, well, and to be fair, it's dropped significantly. That's true. That's true. For anybody who wasn't aware, Arizona was previously asking for uh, four first-round picks and <laughs> or equivalent. So a former first-round pick or a top-six roster player. What an organization, eh? So, yeah, I don't think they're ones to exactly be holding all the cards to be able to ask that. Because then everybody said told them to go fuck themselves. And now they're like, how about a first and a prospect? <laughs> you still want to talk? or? Um... Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, first couple games with the New Jerseys. I've liked the New Jerseys, yeah. to be honest. I'm getting like weird flashbacks to yes, like the early 2010s, late <laughs> 2000s. Um, but I have enjoyed them. I think mm. some of the players have looked great in them. I'm going to... Are we going to use the alternate jerseys anymore? Like The, the two-tone... Co- 
the but, like the dark blue and orange yeah yes we that's okay. what i've heard yeah. it was like i do still like those jerseys i didn't yes. like them at first i still don't love them because i don't want one for myself because it makes it look like you're wearing like pajamas because <laughs> they don't have enough stripes on them yeah but that's a different conversation because that makes me mad i i also heard that the biggest push for this jersey change was the players themselves like they hated the orange jersey and i i think it, i think it's the worst oilers jersey that we've had i guess that's fair but i don't know i didn't hate the orange i hated the most recent change to the orange with the adidas jerseys i didn't like those that change I, i'm also not a big fan of the kind of waffle aesthetic that's going up on the shoulders i i don't i know that you don't see that until you're like up close but yeah i don't just that that orange jersey is horrendous i'm yeah. so glad it's gone i'm a fan of the blue jerseys with the orange tinge i'm still oh, yeah. excited to see the full authentic jerseys like on players yeah rather than or like sorry why am i say i mean reverse retro not the authentic well jerseys. i it's funny you I knew, knew what exactly I what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be uh it'll be intriguing to see what they uh they actually look like um but uh yeah i don't know it's amazing how the oilers went from well, obviously, I'm hating on the orange jersey, but how they had one of the worst jerseys in the NHL to having one of the best in, like, nothing. Well, everybody loves them, to be fair. And yeah. I think the orange ones, like, I'm looking at this picture on your wall right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I do like it, honestly. But I don't know. Like, the orange is just too neon sometimes, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Maybe they just needed to tone it down a little bit. Mm. What would it, like, the instead of orange, like, take our orange jerseys and replace it with the copper? Ooh. What would that look like? Now I'm curious about that. I'm going to have to do some Photoshopping. Now we're just a bunch of Carhartt wearing mop fuckers. Exactly. <laughs> Very fits the Alberta aesthetic <laughs> and the Oilers name. Oh, uh, yeah. And then you got to get the old shoulder patch. Yeah. Um, oh, the one with the oil worker or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Get that as your main logo. Hey, look, it's on that jersey. Why do you have so many pictures of jerseys on your wall? Oh, they're players. Best. Oh, Dougie Waite. I'm talking like everybody can see. We've got a poster. A poster. These are pictures. Come on, Greg. Give yourself some class. Uh, a Hyman and a signed Doug Waite photo. That that will go with me to my grave. That's true. I will. I have a signed Ryan Smith picture somewhere. I think my dad has it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I think he set everything up in his shed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, now we're going to talk about something that's a little bit less fun, but I didn't want to end the show on a bad note. But... Uh, I have to vent a little bit here because there's another report. You know when Rick Westhead comes out with a report that you're fucked, hey? Whenever he posts something, I'm like, who's getting in shit this time? Yeah. Uh, Another report that Hockey Canada, and we haven't really talked about this, but the reason I wanted to get into it today is because um, it's starting to piss me off, especially with the fact that it does bleed into the Edmonton Oilers. Um, And I'm a little bit, you know, sour to the fact that the report today now comes out saying that portion of the players' funds are going basically to the the additional, the second fund that they have to, to pay off these stupid sexual assault cases. Um, not stupid in nature, but just stupid in the fact that it, it's it's a basically a general liabilities fund is what they call it. But just knowing that every fucking year that you pay like hockey fees, that this is what it's going into, um, it, it just really hit me the wrong way. And then... The fact that you have the guy, like, all I'm getting at with this point is Bob Nicholson has to answer some fucking questions now. 
I think the entirety of Hockey Canada does. Like, it's a little annoying that people aren't stepping down. They're just like, yeah, it happened. So what? Like, that's kind of the attitude that I feel like they're giving off, Mm. which is very annoying. And I personally, I don't think I've seen Bob Nicholson say anything. I know. Maybe there's something out there that I just missed, but... I think it definitely needs to be talked about and it's kind of, it's almost embarrassing that it hasn't because it feels like everyone's just kind of sitting there hoping that it blows over yeah. and it's people like Rick Westhead, like you mentioned, who refuse to let it blow over. They're yeah. like, no, we're not going to drop this until it's fucking taken care of. Yeah. It's, you can't have a fucking dog and pony show where you have the guy who's head of Hockey Canada for, you know, 20 years. And then fucking sell a name with his burger or a burger with his name on it. That's true. Like, like everything's fine and dandy. I wonder if it'll be dis- discontinued this year. If you go to the arena, it's discontinued. <laughs> the old Bobby Nix burger. Jesus. But uh, yeah, there maybe that's the reason why we haven't heard anything from him because they're still working on how to properly release something. That's true. To PR for it. Yeah. Um, do I agree with doing that? No. Right. I'd rather they come out and say it because if you've got nothing to hide, you'll come out and say something. Um, but. They need to figure that out because it's getting a little bit tiring at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's tough to just walk away from it like everything's okay, but or I, expect it to blow over. I do. W- I would like to be similar to Request Head, where we do not stop talking about it. Yeah, until yeah. this is all figured out. Yeah, because once it falls, you know how the news cycle works. Once it falls out of the news cycle, then people stop talking about it, and we don't want that to happen. Irony about it. Uh, two years ago, three years ago, I had an interview for Hockey Canada. Oh, really? Uh, in their finance department. Oh. Just thinking, man, <laughs> would not want to be there today, man. I mean, being there two years ago wouldn't be so bad, especially the finance department. Yeah, yeah. You could have, you could have found all this information and re- whistleblown on them forever ago, Greg. I will whistleblow that their offer was shit. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. No money. No money whatsoever. Yeah, it's all in the funds. They're spending it all on that <laughs> stuff. That's why there's no money to pay their employees. <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, you obviously saw all this shit with Jay Woodcroft this week, eh? Yeah. He's I, having a week. That's It's quite <laughs> funny. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, and some sort of algorithm yeah. named Jay Woodcroft the handsomest coach, the sexiest yeah. coach. I don't know what the proper term was. We'll call him sexy. But somehow he made it to the top of the list. Sexy Jay. Did you see who's that too? Uh, Daryl Sutter. That's fucked. Yeah. That made me like, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I saw number two. I was like, this algorithm doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I, it was, it was mind boggling. I forget who it was that was talking about. I'm going to tell a story and not know the whole of it, but it's funny just to listen to some of the coaches, you know, bash each other a little bit and, um, you know, kind of see where they belong. But, um, it kind of led to. The, the little snippets of Jay Woodcroft's acting career. Those were pretty good. Before we move to those <laughs> clips, yeah. did you see DJ Smith's, uh, the Ottawa coaches quote? No, no. So they asked him about that list. I think he was like, uh, I don't know, he was like mid-tier somewhere in there. Um, but anyways, they asked him about it, and he's like, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. My I asked my wife. She said I'm number one. I'm going to call my mom later. I'm sure she'll say <laughs> say the same, pump my tires. He's like, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be in the top 32. Oh, my God. That's too funny. And then, like, if you think about that quote, it's like, I'd love to be in the top 32 yeah. as well because that means you're an NHL coach. Exactly. That means you're getting paid millions of dollars <laughs> to coach a sport that you love. Yeah. Like, too it's funny. Great. But anyways, some of the Jay Woodcroft uh, acting chops that he's yeah he's got he's got two credits to his name uh the first one obviously being 
um, in the pilot of The Littlest Hobo. That is hilarious to me. So I thought, like, I'm 30 years old, but I, I asked my fiance about it. Like, I was saying, have you seen this? She's like, what's The Littlest Hobo? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She'd never heard of it. Am I that old? They were not that old. That's 1979 as well, to be fair. Old soul then. So, maybe. Like, I've heard of it. Yeah. and But I don't think I've ever watched it. Uh, See, this is probably from coming from, you know, two channels and, (laughs) you know, the old CBC reruns. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, the second credit into that, uh, there's that little snippet that was going around um, with uh, with Woodcroft. Just the scene of him going into his parents' uh, bedroom, catching them in the act. But uh, I was like, is this him? Is this him? And then he started talking. And I was like, oh, my God. Even as a kid, he sounded the same? He sounds exactly the same. Uh, too, so, too funny. I'm seeing here somebody, I don't know if this existed before, but he does have an IMDb page now. Oh, look at that. With the uh, the credits in there for Separate Vacations and The Littlest Hobo. <laughs> so we should be proud that he uh, spent all that time in California and didn't leave us for acting. Exactly. Do you want to <laughs> know what the trivia is on IMDb? Let's do it. Uh, Jay Woodcroft was named head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, there in you 2022. go. In 2022. He diverted his acting career. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to find this and see that and they're like, he's a coach? It's like, <laughs> that's crazy. That's too funny. Um, yeah, that pretty much takes care of it tonight. The Oilers finally get a fucking game on TV that we'll get to watch. Yeah, we're recording this. We're about 45 minutes or so from Puck Drop, which uh, we're actually going to get to watch it because we've got this knocked out in time. Ooh, ooh, one one last quote. Oh, okay. not, not really a quote, but just fun fact. Our boy Miko Koskinen. What did Have he you say? Have seen him? No, what did he do? He's yeah. played his first five games in Lugano. Yeah. 1.01 goals against average and a 966 save percentage. It just goes to show <laughs> Dustin Schwartz was holding him back. Oh my god. Yeah, good for him. That's what happens when an NHL goalie goes to uh which which league is Swiss, he in? Swiss the League. Swiss Elite League. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it makes a huge difference. Koskinen was never a bad goalie. It was well, just a little sketchy sometimes. And you mentioned teams are looking for goalies. You never know. Miko. <laughs> He's like fuck North America after yeah. that whole Two years of if we, isolation. If we send Picard down, somebody claims him. Do we call Miko and be like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, remember us? So you're doing pretty good. You want to come back? We miss you. Can we just sign him to like one day contracts, one after the other, until we get another goalie, and they'll be like, "Okay, bye, Miko. Thanks for coming." Uh, yeah, he's probably scorned. Never coming back to Edmonton. Ah, uh, we forced him out of the league. That's how bad we, we ran him out of. We the, do that. The we do that. It does happen, unfortunately. Uh, well, that being said, uh, that's episode 17. I nearly fucked it up again. What number are you even going to say? Who cares? It's another episode. <laughs> we'll, well see you. Well, ho- hopefully we get to the point where the episode number doesn't matter because we've released so many episodes that we've lost track and don't care anymore. That's true. Hopefully, I guess this is kind of insider baseball for insider base. That's not the phrase. Isn't this hockey? I thought it was inside baseball. Anyway. doesn't fucking matter. Um... <laughs> Those of you who are listening to this probably don't know that we had to shave off another 15 fucking minutes of pod last week because we had mic issues. But I think we got it figured out, so here's fingers crossed that this actually... Well, I guess we'll see. We haven't listened to this yet, so it could be shit again for all we know. Yeah. So I hope we see you next Tuesday because if not, if this doesn't work, I'm going to jump in a river. 
and hopefully buy a new mic at the same time. Yeah. I think there's mic stores on the other side of the river. <laughs> I. Did you really just end it by going, I? I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> that made me laugh. I didn't think you were going to stop. <laughs> it's still recording, so we got off. Oh. <laughs>